Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. As we gather here today, and we try to express what we're thankful for, and we hear God's word, uh, thanksgiving. As, as we celebrate it this Thursday, and as we celebrate it year after year, doesn't make any sense unless we're thankful to someone. You, you, you might think of how the general culture out there, um, they're trying to express some kind of general just feeling of thankfulness. But it really doesn't make sense. Because when you're thanking some, when you're thankful, you're supposed to be thankful to someone for that. What is the unbeliever, the one who doesn't claim to believe in God, what are they thankful? How, who are they thankful to? There's just a, a, it just doesn't even make sense. But we know our God, who has spoken to us in His Word. We can be thankful that He didn't just leave us here wandering around, groping in the darkness, trying to find Him. But He came to us. He came to humanity, became a human being, lived and walked among us, and died for us. We can be so thankful that He has spoken to us. He came and spoke in the person of Jesus Christ to us. Died, took our place, drank the cup of God's wrath for us. Oh, what to be thankful for. This morning, we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 12. And, and, and Isaiah, of course, is a prophetic book that this chapter seems to take the form of like a Thanksgiving psalm. One of the things you would see a song sung out of Thanksgiving. And um, Isaiah here is talking about a day that is coming. Now, Isaiah, a lot of what he says here is, is talking, not, not in this chapter, but a lot of what he says in the book is about judgment that's coming upon Israel. Judgment that's coming because of their sins. About, you know, in, in chapter 6 and chapter 7, we read about this, this, uh, the, the army of the Assyrians that are going to come and they're going to level Israel. And Isaiah is supposed to preach until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant. It's just, it looks awful for them. But then, you know, in chapter 7, we, we read about, you know, God is going to be faithful to His promise and He's going to send someone who will be a, a fulfillment of, of uh, the promise to David. A virgin will give birth to a child. Uh, someone who will come will be Emmanuel, God with us. And in chapter 11, we read more about this. In chapter 11, it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his shoot shall bear fruit. Now, if we know our Bibles, Jesse was David's father. This shoot from the stump of Jesse was about how a tree was cut down. This line of David was cut down. And yet a shoot will spring forth. God will be faithful and He will provide a king who will sit on David's throne. 
This, we read about this king. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And we read about this day that Jesus was coming. And later it says in verse 10 of, of chapter 11, In that day the root of Jesse, Jesus, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant of the remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, from the coastlands of the sea. Talking about how God will in that day when Jesus has come, that the day that... As, as Isaiah was looking for the day when Jesus would come, that the nations, that the gospel would be preached to all the nations, to the ends of the earth, how much there was to be thankful for. And in chapter 12 that we're going to look at today, Isaiah breaks out in a song of praise, a song of thanksgiving. We'll read chapter 12 in its entirety. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to the Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praise to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word again, Lord. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see your glory on these pages. Lord, give us a thankful heart. A thankful heart that turns outward and expresses that you are worthy of all thanks and honor and praise and glory. Father, be with me, a sinner who you were once angry with, but your anger has turned away. Lord, thank you. Lord, give me strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here, what we start off with is actually repeated. It says, you will say in that day, in, in verse 1. And in verse 4, it says, you will say in that day again. What day is he talking about? Well, Isaiah, he's writing here 700 years before Jesus came, and he's look, looking forward through the prophetic lens and seeing what God is going to do. It looks bad for Israel. It looks like you know the, the Assyrians are going to come and wipe them out, but he is confident in God's 
promises. He is confident that He will send a Son of David who will sit on that throne forever. And He talks about this Son of David, this branch of Jesse that will one day come who will be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Now whenever Isaiah looks forward, he doesn't distinguish between the first coming and the second coming. When, when Isaiah looks forward, he sees this vision like there's two mountaintops, one in front of the other, and, and they, they kind of come together in his vision. So he sees some things talking about when Jesus comes the first time and then the Gospel is preached to the nations, but other things that are on beyond. So we read also in this chapter 11, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. A cow and the, uh, a cow and the bear shall graze. The young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall play, put his hand on the adder's den and they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. I think that second mountaintop that Isaiah is looking forward to as they, as they come together is that millennial kingdom. When Jesus comes, He sets up His kingdom and in that time, there will be peace. And even the lion will lay down with the lamb. But he comes back and he talks in verse 10 about how the Jesus will be lifted up as a signal for the nations. He'll draw them all to himself. Oh, can't we be thankful for that? Which one of us is of Jewish heritage? And when we talk about Jesus going out, or that the, the Jesus was a signal to the nations, if we're not Jewish in our heritage, we're the nations. We're the nations. God has included us because of what He did in Christ. Because of His sending His Son and dying for us and preaching the Gospel to the nations. That's something we can be thankful for. We were once distant, away from God, and God has brought us in and included us. Well, Isaiah says, in that day, you will say something. He says, in that day, I will, you, you will say, I will give thanks to the Lord. I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you may comfort me. And when Isaiah is saying this, he's telling the Jews, you know, you're going to say this. You're going to say, I will give thanks to the Lord. You were angry with me, but your anger is turned away. And we can see that. You know, God was angry with his people. He was sending judgment on them. He was sending Assyria to destroy the nation. Yet his anger was turned away. And these Jewish people that Isaiah speaks to are going to give thanks to the Lord because his anger has been turned away. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. When the world looked horrible around them, when it looked like they were going to be destroyed, they could trust in God that He would find a way to be faithful to His promise. That He would be faithful. That He would be their salvation. They didn't have to be afraid 
that God would somehow be unfaithful. They trusted in Him. For the Lord, God is my strength and my song. It makes them want to sing. And He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. Isaiah tells them, it's going to be never-ending continual. You know, if, if he would have said a cistern, if you, if you would have said, you'll draw water from the cistern of salvation, that wouldn't be quite the same thing because a cistern you, you, you fills up with water as the rains come down, but it's the well springing forth from those living waters down below and it never runs dry. This salvation of the Lord never runs dry. There's enough for anyone who comes to the water. Like Isaiah 55, come, drink, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. He comes. Anyone who thirsts, come. And never runs dry. Because it comes from the wells of living water. That was in Isaiah's day, but we look forward to what happened when Jesus came and his, we see God was angry at us. God, we were once His enemies. And because Jesus came, He became a human being. He lived our life. He died our death. Whenever He was placed upon the cross, He took our place. It's what we deserved. And His anger was turned away. As it says here in verse 1, your anger was turned away. Does not that cause us to want to shout for joy? To be thankful? I will be thankful to you, O Lord, for what He has done for us. And we say, behold, God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid. I think this points to what we've talked about recently, the doctrine that we are saved by faith alone. God is our salvation. It's not that we have to clean ourselves up and become a good person first so that God will somehow accept us because we just do enough good works. No, we trust in the Lord. He is our salvation. When we sin as believers, we could let that destroy us. We could let that burden come down on us and crush us because we feel like we have somehow needing to earn our salvation. But no, we need to turn away from that inward look, looking inward at ourselves, and we need to look to God, what He has done. We are saved not because we are so good. We're saved because Jesus took our place. And so when we say, God is my salvation, we understand it's not in me. It's all in Him. As Isaiah says, I will trust and not be afraid. When Satan gets you down, whenever he makes the world look like it's falling apart in front of you, you can look to him and trust in him. Don't trust in yourself. 
But do like what Isaiah is saying, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust in him. I don't have to be afraid of what goes on around me. I don't have to be afraid because of what goes on in my heart. But God is my salvation. And then he changes it slightly in this in verse four. In that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Notice there's a change here in person. First, he was saying, you will say, I will give thanks to the Lord. And here he says, you will say, give thanks to the Lord. It's, it's from ourselves thanking God for what he has done in us by forgiving us, by making us who were once his enemies, now his children, now to proclaiming, give thanks to the Lord. What should our thanksgiving produce in us? Going and telling. We tell those around us. We tell our neighbors. We tell those who we see in the supermarket. We tell those around us and we go to the nations of the farthest ends of the world saying, give thanks to the Lord. You know, Romans chapter 1, he tells us that, uh, Paul tells us that uh, um, we all know God, but we suppress the truth in unrighteousness and we don't acknowledge Him or give Him thanks. That's part of our sin problem. Fundamental to our sin problem is we don't acknowledge God or give Him thanks. And so when we proclaim the gospel to others, what we're telling them is give thanks to the Lord. What he has done, he has died for you. He has made a way that you can be forgiven. God is angry with you now, we tell the sinner. We tell someone who hasn't trusted in Christ. God is angry with you now, but he's made a way. Trust in him. Trust in Jesus. And give thanks to him. For what he has done. Call upon his name. I think of Romans chapter 9, which tells us whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We tell lost people in darkness because we are overwhelmed with the thankfulness that he has given, because he has forgiven us. Our, our sins have, have been covered. And we tell people, call upon His name. Call upon His name. He is more than enough. He is the well that never runs dry. He says, come, anyone who thirsts, come to Me. And I'll satisfy your thirsty soul. Make known His deeds among the people. Proclaim that His name is exalted. We go and we tell among the peoples, that's talking about nations, that's talking about ethnic groups, saying go to the nations. You know, I've been on a mission trip to go to a foreign country. I don't know if anybody else has, maybe. God calls us to go. But He also calls us to give. And, and God, you know, in, in 2 Corinthians, the passage we were reading about, 
God was, he, Paul was talking about how they, they gave generously so for, for a people that they were not around. The, you know, there was a famine in Jerusalem. The people there in Corinth were sending money back to Jerusalem to take care of the needs there of their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And they were giving because of thankfulness. You know, if we can't go, then we can give generously so that the nations will know the deeds of the Lord. And when we talk about the deeds of the Lord, Isaiah may have been thinking about the Exodus and how he brought his people out of Egypt. He, was, he ransomed them from Egypt. And when we think about the deeds of the Lord, we think of the cross. We think of what he did in dying in our place. Proclaim the deeds of the Lord among the people. Verse 5, sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants.